For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right, Blue Jays fans, welcome into another Wednesday edition of Jaybird Watching. It's Brandon Panikar in the hosting seat tonight with my normal cast of characters, Adam Corsair and Craig Borden. Gentlemen, how are we doing? What's going on? What's the deal? <laughs> What's in that cup, Adam? What's in that cup? You told me before that. It's just Dunkin' Coffee. It's, not, it's nothing nefarious, but I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> For all those who didn't see, I'm not sure if I made a post on Twitter or not, but Adam kindly sent up two packs of Dunkin' Donuts coffee that you can obviously not get in Canada. Uh, so uh, needless to say, uh, Sarah and I will be slurping that up all days and Saturdays very slowly to not run out until the next shipment comes through. But uh, anyways, forgot to say we are sponsored by Stadium Scene uh, yeah. and uh, Stadium Scene Network podcast. Check them out. Uh, they got a whole bunch of good content uh, and check out our Patreon as well. Uh, Craig, you're the show. Why don't you uh, talk that one up a little bit? Still got plenty of fan experiences for everybody. If you want to be kind enough to do- donate 10 bucks to the show, we'll get you on an interview, and we'll talk about your Blue Jays fandom, how you became a fan, and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, the baseball season actually kicks off here, and we'll you know obviously have some more things to talk about. Yeah, hey guys, we got some good stuff planned for the season. We were just talking about it before we hit the record button. Um, I won't dive too much into that, keep you uh, waiting in suspense as the season gets closer and start revealing some of that. But guys, I love about uh, pitchers and catchers being reported and now the full squad is all of these different stories that come out every day from the beat writers about different interviews that they've had with players, uh, the way guys are looking, like, Oh, we've already seen Alejandro Kirk and not in the best shapes of their lives uh, <laughs> as we're going forward. Uh, more to come on uh, Alejandro Kirk uh, in this episode. But, guys, there was one story that was really making its way around Blue Jays' Twitter. Um, and to preface this, this was probably about a few days after Fernando Tatis had signed his massive extra with the San Diego Padres. What was it, guys? 14 years, 300 and something million dollars? Is that right? Sounds right. Yeah, so I think it was right around there. 80, was it? Something like that. The you know the crazy bit on that whole contract is the fact that Bobby Benilla will still be getting paid by the years after. Yes. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh God. Be Bobby Benilla has a mate, man. What is it? A million and a half dollars every uh, every July first. Something like that. <laughs> yes. Anyway, like I said, it was just one of the best stats I read on the whole contract. Had to mention it. No, and the other interesting stat. I thought you were first, Craig. But the other interesting thing to note about the contract is with California state taxes. Tatis only takes away 160 million. Not that I would turn 160 million dollars yeah. down, but that's a significant that's decrease a in what actually uh, getting paid from the Padres. But it's it interesting. Is, uh, that was bad here in New York. 340. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
it, it, it's bad in California, bad in New York, bad in Canada, <laughs> specifically Ontario and a few other provinces. Uh, income tax, it sucks. But uh, yeah, it's interesting, guys. This story came out just after Tatis signed his contract extension, and and that is that apparently Bo Bichette is open to one. They're not rushing to one. They made that clear. I forget which beat writer covered it. I want to say it was Ben Nicholson-Smith, maybe Shai Davidi, who put it out there for it over the weekend. Uh, but it's interesting timing, uh, considering Tatis just got paid big bucks, and he's had his breakout season. Uh, we all know the talent is there for Bo Bichette. It's clear as day. And he was starting to break out last year in Buffalo before he got injured and had his season deal a little bit. But even when he got back, he picked up right where he left off. So, Craig, I want to start with you on this topic in particular. We all know what Bobashek can be. I mean, if he's healthy for a full season, I think it's reasonable to expect a breakout season from him. The tools are there, stolen bases, home runs, average, getting on base, all that stuff. Craig, the first question I want to start off with, and then Adam will turn to you after that, is do you think it's likely we'll see a contract extension at some point this season or maybe even before 2022? Or are you thinking this may take maybe another year or so? Yeah, I think at a minimum right here we're talking about a year. Yeah, Like you mentioned, I think the big thing is he hasn't had a chance to show what he really can do for a whole season. Yes, he had a great you know 60-game well, I guess 40 games of the 60 games for the injury, but he's really, as far as major league experience so far, he's only played exactly 162 games, basically, hasn't he? It was something very, something very like close that. to that. So you have what it would really look like over, you know, that kind of ball, you know, period, but you don't have that whole series or what he really does when he gets into those little slumps, how he really is going to be helping carry this team, those kind of things, the leadership parts. Fernando Tatis took that d- dugout over in San Diego, even with having guys like Manny Machado whatnot in that dugout. So there was something to be said on that whole piece of it. And right now I would say that definitely Bo Bichette is the poster child of the Blue Jays and the leader that you would think he is at this point in his career. But that piece to throw any kind of gigantic amount of money at him. And right now he has definitely not shown that dollar amount that Tatis just got. But lock him up for 14 years, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> so, but... I, I think it's going to be one of those things that this year is going to show what is left in the Blue Jays, and I think that's why they've been lining the uh, contracts for this season up the way they are, where a lot of them are coming off the books at the end of this season. It's right. going to be to solidify that core going forward and keep everybody happy, and I think that's where they're hedging the bet for here right now, and we'll be having this same conversation about how Boba Shett's 2021 is similar to Fernando Tatis's 2022 and his coming out party with the Padres. Sure. I hope so. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I think they're going to have to wait. Um, so I'm looking at his baseball reference page right now. He's only played 75 total games. Um, even That's though, crazy. The, yeah, the talent is there. And of course that is mainly due to the shortened season last year. Um, the talent is there. I don't think anybody is denying that. Well, Bo Bichette is probably, um, I mean, now that George Springer's in the mix, it's probably not true, but he's definitely one of the best well-rounded players on the team. Um, I just think that you got to have a prove-it year, and it's not to say that I doubt his abilities, or it's not to say that I don't think he can do it. I just think, in terms of just a business aspect and management, it's kind of irresponsible just to shell out that long of a uh, contract. If we're comparing apples to apples here, like a 14 contract to Bobachet after just 75 games. Um, you kind of need to, to show me a little bit more. I personally, I would think. Mm-hmm. And seeing as that, though, right now the Blue Jays haven't um, 
been chasing any sort of frontline starting pitching, um, as far as we know. And they haven't signed anyone like Walker or Odorizzi right now, or even uh, I know Seager is out there being floated. Um, it means that they're they're probably tapped when it comes to the budget. So I don't see anything happening this year. Um, but if he performs well enough, and you know the numbers stay relatively on the increase, um, I could totally see them putting something on the table. Um, but you have to understand that this management group is pretty conservative with how they they go about uh extension so far like we haven't seen a, a giant extension um from them and for good reason no one's really deserved it yet but am i seeing a 14 year extension for Boba? that would shock me hmm. if it came from this manager Not to say that he doesn't deserve it or won't earn that but i just don't see them doing that yeah yeah that's totally fair it's uh, gonna be interesting it's just i just find it kind of uh, it feels like a coincidence that uh, Bo says he's open to an extension after you see what Tatis gets pinned. You know what? For for only playing 70-something games, he has shown quite a bit. And I'm just looking through his baseball uh, or his Fangraphs page right now, guys, and and all these different projections that have come out where you got Steamer, Zips, whoever it is, they all have Bo Bichette right around the same ballpark. I don't think any projection has him batting lower than 279. His lowest OBP is 331. His lowest home run total is 22, um, and his highest WRC plus is 120, and his lowest is 108. That's a little harsh. Uh, but there's clearly some skills in there for Bo, and all of these projections that include projected F4 have Bo right around a four-win player. And that's on the fringe of being an all-star uh, if you're a four-win player, especially for a team that might not send anybody maybe other than George Springer, maybe Hunjin Ryu. Um, that could get you uh, as an all-star or maybe as a replacement for somebody uh, at the all-star break. But what, like, let's just say, guys, that there was some sort of contract extension that happened before, like even next spring training or next season started. So maybe at the end of his Bichette just breaks out like crazy. He's an all-star. He's a five-win player. He hits 30 dingers. He steals, I don't know, 15 bases. That's close to 300. Um, and you could see all that coming. So clearly, he's starting to reach his potential. And maybe there's still some room for growth. Adam, what dollar figure or what years? Maybe a year is a better question to take this. How many years would you be comfortable extending Bo Bichette if he's had this just one breakout season? He's, he's 22 right now? Is 22. Turning 23 in a few days. All right, so we'll assume next season at this time he's going to be 24. I'd do a 13-year contract. 13? I would do, I would do a 13-year contract, buy out all those ARBs, um, cause when you look at the Tatis deal, it's pretty good. And I say only 24 and a half million dollars a year. That is really good for the yes. Padres. That is, is really good AAV for someone like that. Because you know, if he ever, first of all, he's probably going to make more than that. If he were to go through the process. And yep. after that, he's probably going to seek a, a contract with a little bit of a higher AAV, probably shorter and definitely shorter in years, but the AAV would have been higher. He's going to be consistently making 24 and a half million dollars a year. If Bo wants something along those lines or just a little bit more, I'm fine with it, dude. I, I am, it again, just money. I don't care. It's not my money. Do what you want with it. But if we're talking a 13 at like, I don't know, 350-ish, fine. I, it, to me, shortstop is one of the hardest positions to fill. If you have a solid shortstop, then you are golden. Especially when you get them young, you don't have to worry about that position. Think about the bane that the Blue Jays have had to go through at shortstop since, what, 2000? 
Yeah, it's been it's been, it's been Why awful. Go further, come on, further than that. That's what I'm out there for some years in the late That's '90s. <laughs> Russ, Russ Adams, Adams David <laughs> Eckstein, Royce Clayton. We had a, we even stole a season with David Eckstein there. <laughs> come on, that's true. Yeah, so you have you have all these uh, no names that have been filling up the position. If you can get someone that's a five win player for 13, 14, give them the 14th year. I don't give a shit. That's fine. Like, just make it happen. Solidify the position. And it, like I said, we've all known, we've said this since last year, this is Bo's team, right? And if, if he's the piece of the future that you're locking up, do it. And that's what it's going to take. Craig, how many years are you going? Get him as you get him. He likes it in Toronto. I don't even care. If you can get him to a fucking 20-year deal, I'd even do it. <laughs> I'm not I'm doing it. I'm not, I'm not totally nuts. <laughs> but as far as it goes, guys, who is if you were looking at the guys right now, the quote-unquote crop of shortstops, you're not getting Fernando Tatis Jr. now. So your next bets of guys that are in the current talent pool on the same age level as, you know, Bo Bichette, you're talking guys that are not even in the majors yet, most of those guys. Andre Franco's of the world and whatnot. And if you have a sure thing, like you were just saying about locking them up, I this is a Vernon Wells contract to me all over again. Just get it 10 years, get it done and easy, and it's enough to make both players happy. So. I would probably go just thinking about this. So he has just over one year of service time in the big leagues. And after this season, if you're locking him up, he'll have three, no, four more before he can hit free agency after he gets to it. All this could change with the CBA is completely mm. up in the air after this season. But let's just say it remains the same just for argument's sake. I would give Bo with four years remaining before he could be a free agent. Him good money for those four years. I would give him eight years with the option for an opt-out after six. So you're buying two years into his free agency after that. And then that way, you have him for almost as long as you have George Springer. You allow him the opportunity to get an even bigger payday when out free agent market. Or, let's just say his career doesn't take off the way you want it, maybe you can bring him back for a couple more years at a little bit cheaper do dollar figure. I think it just win-win for the team, win-win for the player, because you can lock him up at a good price, lock him up for four years into his free agency if you go that entire entire uh, duration of the contract. But you also give him incentive to play well at the end of that, because he's like, hey, if I play well, maybe we win a World Series, maybe two. That'd be a lot. That'd be nice. Um, the World Series or two. And I'm the key cog in one of those, along with George Springer. We're like Batman and Robin uh, at the top of the lineup then that motivates him enough to play well and lead this team to a World Series. Okay, you've done what you've done. It's time to rebuild. Springer's contract will be over. Some other guys will be up. You can't re-sign everybody. It might be time to tear it down at that point. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, especially given that Tatis got 14. I'm really curious to see what Francisco Lindor gets from the Mets because he's an older player. Uh, what is he now, 28, 29? Francisco Lindor. I think that could tell us a little bit about what the Blue Jays would do. But regardless, it's going to be something to keep our eyes on over the course of even the next few weeks because he's open to it. They're in no rush. But if he's open to it, I'm going to float a few dollar figures his way and see what happens. Lindor. Any other thoughts on Bo, guys? Yeah, Lindor's 27. Oh, so, right. so he'll be 28 when he hits free agency. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets an eight-year deal. And if Francisco Lindor is getting an eight-year deal, I don't think an eight-year deal is going to do it for fall. Um, no 10. You, you're going to have to. I think 10 is going to be the minimum. 
that you're gonna have to go same thing as far as it goes just because yeah like i said i would think this is gonna end up being like the blue jays with the vernon wells thing i know i said that a minute ago sounds almost too perfect yeah except there's a way better player yeah (laughs) (laughs) or is that (laughs) well let's move on guys um if there's no other thoughts on that let's move on to the next topic this is uh another story that caught my eye um over the weekend or maybe even this past my um alejandro kirk the guy who's in the best shape of his life. It's clear he has dropped some pounds. Him and Vlad, they must have gone to the same camp, worked out together, whatever. Uh, they're looking good. Uh, way better than they did when they ended the season in Tampa, um, the playoffs last you year. Think they went to that camp like from that old Disney movie, Heavyweights, and just yes. goofed around <laughs> yeah. and <had> fun. And then, <laughs> next thing you know, they're I, like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> when they the lockers in Dunedin, Marsha Pyro and Ross Atkins walked up to the meet with a paper slip and said, so you are going to camp off season, <laughs> and you will both come back looking really damn good. <laughs> Best shape of your life. Basically. Like, yeah, they, yeah. I'd say he lost 40 pounds. Yep, yep. 40 pounds, and he says, I can't believe how fast I feel. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing him run the bases. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, his bases. Not many, but a few. Even this past year, uh, I think he had one or two. Maybe now he can get up to four or five. Uh, (laughs) Hey, but I'll take that. But Alejandro Kirk, we saw very little glimpses last year, um, but they were good, what we saw in his sample size. It wasn't much. But the guy got himself into a playoff game uh, with the Blue Jays. And I know it was a different playoffs. We've talked about that at length. But from the sample size we saw of Alejandro Kirk, and I was about to start reading off Bo's page because Alejandro's hasn't loaded yet. Bear in mind as this loads. Uh, Anyhow, from what we did see from Alejandro Kirk, it was pretty encouraging. Um, We all knew that he was bat first, defense second. And I don't think that's really going to change at all, uh, just given his shirt 5'9". 220 is what his Fangraphs page says. Maybe he's dropped a little bit, but he's a small guy. And it is a little difficult to be a good catcher when you are that small, apparently. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Craig, uh, or actually I led off with you last time. So, Adam, I'm going to lead off with you this time. Um, Alirk uh, says he's ready for the bigs. Uh, the Blue Jays and the article that came out from one of the beat writers said they're weighing development versus impact. And we know what the impact can be. But there's still a very, very big case for blood. I think we talked on last week's show. Jason Lee brought this up when we talked about guys like Roshans and other pitchers the past few years. Is if the Blue Jays send you down, we have to believe and trust in that process after spring training. There's obviously still something that they really, really want you to work on. So, Adam, what are your thoughts on how Alejandro Kirk? Because he says he's ready. He's looking good. We know he can com- he can contribute with the bat. We saw that quite clearly in the nine games that he played last year. Uh, what happens with Kirk? Is he the primary catcher with Danny Jansen? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's mostly because, first of all, it's clogged up at catcher as it is in terms of uh, people they're giving opportunities to or actually showcasing um, in spring training right now. But if his main competition is Reese McGuire, yeah. I'm not, and that, this is no disrespect to Reese, and maybe this sounds like I'm downplaying the abilities of Kirk, but that's really not hard to realistically beat out um right now i do think that we're not we need to worry about it service time manipulation because he was here last uh last season but the blue jays are in a win now mode and i don't think they're going to fuck around with service time if you can contribute to the team and help them win you're going to play and right now if if kirk is going to be and that's something that we've seen danny jansen lack 
And Danny Jansen isn't the best of defensive catchers, but he's he's adequate. I'd say he's probably a little bit better than Kirk on the defensive side. If you can have that nice balance, um, I'd say why not? I think it's more than realistic. When you hear this much hype and you there's this much smoke this early in spring training, it leads me to believe that it's it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the backup, the primary backup uh, for Danny Jansen. So, yeah, I, I, I think sign it up, put it in because I think this is what we're going to get. Craig, how about you? Yeah, right now I think it's uh, Kirk's job to lose. He did too many good things for the team last year to be completely ignored. And, yes, I get I'm the Meyer League guy. You guys know that I completely am all over the you got to develop the guy and make sure he's ready to take the majors, not just run into it and hope you get a barnstorm out of it. But you're talking about what Danny Jansen did the last two years. We know that he's been a quote-unquote nominee for the gold glove behind but what else has he really brought to this team? He isn't bringing crazy levels of, oh, my God, level of offense, which we saw in his uh, tenure in the Buffalo Bisons. Um, so, But you've been getting that from Kirk. So at a minimum right now, Kirk's going to face at bats regardless if he's going to be catching, just because he is going to be that guy like how even when the Blue Jays were a couple of games last year, oh, Roddy was sitting on the bench today. So guess what? Get up there. And he ended up having, what, two, three clutch giant hits or a home run? Yeah. Kirk's a guy that can do that all day, too. So why wouldn't you be bringing him north with that? And not to mention, if you're talking about any of these young guys in the Major League pitching rotation that we're going to be more or less playing pitching roulette with over the next few years, it sounds like, because they want to spend big money on the guys for the uh, um, signings or I can't get them to come, whichever way it is for the starting rotation, Kirk's going to know those guys just as well as Jansen now because he's going to get to train with him at the major league level. He's going to know everything that Pete Walker's selling. I, if he's going to get his best development time thing right now, I don't think it's playing in Buffalo. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. It'll be interesting because we've talked at length, um, even during the season last year when Jansen wasn't hitting, as soon as the season was over and we started going through the reviews, we all said that, hey, 2021 is going to be a really prove-it season for Danny Jansen. And even there was a possibility that maybe he could have been included in a deal uh, for a pitcher. That hasn't happened. He's still here. We all are big believers in the guy, but I think we saw last year, as soon as Kirk came up, I think we saw a little bit more focus Danny Jansen behind the plate. We saw Jansen making better contact, hitting some clutch home runs. Pretty sure Kirk was up when Jansen hit the Grand Slam against Grand the Yankees. Slam. Yeah. I yes. think they were both in the ro- in the lineup that too. They might have been, or Kirk came in for somebody at the end and DH swapped or something. But I think they were both you, in the lineup in that game against the Yankees. Yes, you could tell that there was a little bit of a fire lit under Dan's ass. So even if it's for that reason alone, you know that you can get the bat and the contributions from offensively from Alejandro Kirk. Maybe he can learn a thing or two behind the play from Danny Jansen, who has worked on his defensive game quite a bit over the last few years. Um, Adam, it, it'll be interesting because we've said it is a make or break season for Danny Jansen and the poor guy, like this past year, that was the, he was probably the worst guy to have a shortened season for coming off of his 2019. He needed a full 162. Uh, actually probably this may have helped Danny Jansen potentially if he did not have a good full 162 in 2020. Um, so Adam, if Kirk is up here and he's the primary guy, let's just say he is the backup, but with the, knowing what he can bring offensively with his bat, um, and the way he's worked with the pitchers over the last little while and, probably have caught or he can't these guys who are in big league camp. What do you think the split could be behind the plate? Because 
you're seeing teams using their second catcher more and more in more and more games. And some of these World Series winning teams have had two good catchers behind the two years. So are you thinking more of like a 50-50 split, 60-40, 70-30? And who would that be in favor of? I'm assuming the split would be in favor of Danny Jansen, but how how far are you going with the split? Yeah, I think to start off the year, you're going to see something like every fourth game, you'll probably see Kirk in there um, just to ease them in. Because again... How many how, how many major league games did he play last year? Just a handful, right? Yeah, nine. Nine, yeah. It, it's not enough. So you just sort of ease him into the rotation, maybe mix him up with a couple of guys to see, unless you have someone like uh, Ryu that demands Jansen, for lack of a better way to put it, then you, yeah. you give him what he wants. But um, if Ray – was he the primary catcher for Ray last year? Mm, I don't remember. I think he basically when he came kind in? of in those last couple of games, I think. They got a rapport, yeah. a rapport going there. I think Ray was, was like him. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I, I think that if once he develops chemistry, I think he's going to get a shot at pretty much everybody with the exception of probably Rio, depending on what he wants to do. Um, once he develops that chemistry, you'll probably see a close 50. But I do think if everything breaks right, right for Jansen, at best for Kirk, you'll see a 60-40 split. And that's not even that bad. That That's pretty, pretty impressive good. for someone that's coming out of single A right up to the big leagues. Um, so I would say to start off, maybe a 70, 30, probably a little less than that. Like I said, every fourth game, probably just to ease him in. But after that, depending on what he's doing offensively, if he's catching fire in the beginning, you got to win games. You got to win games. Cause if, if he's the difference between like 85 to 80 games, that that's pretty big, right? That's a, we kind of need Huge. those two games it, depending on what the Rays are going to do. You just never know. So I think they ease him in. Probably like a 70-30 split at best throughout the year. Probably evens out, but probably no better. I don't think we'll see a 50-50. Craig, how about you? Well, just to say, the struggle's real. If you didn't notice the fun going on behind me and the dog trying to get the leftovers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. It could be about as much fun as that for the two of them fighting. I don't really think it's going to be one of those situations that they're just going to end up. I think they will play into a 50-50. I really would be shocked. Mm. I just think Kirk's going to have enough bat that you're going to have an had that worry of taking him out and as much as i love i don't see him turning around and ripping it up to the point where there's a you know a 280 300 level batting average all of a sudden in addition to the defense you know it's going to be something in that you know mediocre catcher ballpark at least to start with i think before we finally figure some of these things so it's going to be hard to ignore and they're going to be completely contrasting of each other because one is going to hit and one is going to defend plus and I think that is honestly, if you're talking about finding a way to 50-50 split this, have all these fun-loving metrics that we keep hearing about and they keep arguing about with everything, they're going to find days and they're going to just figure it out. And they're going to be like, okay, well, we know this, you know, Kirk will play against these kind of pitchers. Jansen will play against these kind of guys. Or it'll be like you guys said, the, uh, you know, the specific for specific pitchers. But mm. I, like I said, I just think it's going to be one of those things that's going to kind of play itself out. Yeah, if um, I, I'm in line with you there, Adam, at least for the start of the season, you go see, you go with the more experienced guy behind the dish. And if Kirk hits and Jansen doesn't, which the tr- that's been the trend with Danny Jansen the last few years, is that he hasn't hit, uh, at least in, uh, until the season's gone a lot longer. Um, then I think you're going to start seeing it getting closer to 50-50. And if you get closer to 50-50, I don't think Jansen's long-term outlook on mm-hmm. this team. 
uh, at all. Like, this is the guy. That's going to be the yeah. guy they're going to be all of a sudden, yeah, sorry, say you're going to be traded now, right? Exactly, exactly. And it, even if, like, if it starts to even out to 50-50, clear indication that maybe Jansen just isn't hitting enough like he should be, and he starts losing some of his trade value. I know he's very good defensively. He's still quite young, so maybe a team would take a flyer on him, but he's just not that blue chipper that you have to have in a deal uh, going to another team anymore. So I'm hoping that it stays 60-40 because that means Jansen is hitting and contributing uh, on both sides, uh, defensively and offensively. But I would not be surprised, Craig, uh, if it does end up 50-50 by the end of the year. I think Kirk's bat is just good to ignore. It is too good to keep on the bench for so long. Um, and I was trying to look up – my computer's a little slow whenever we have the, the team's feed going. But I was trying to look <laughs> up to see if, if Kirk did catch Ray uh, or if it was Jansen last year. And I haven't been able to find that yet, who the primary catcher is. But, um, yeah, I'm in line with 70-30 to start, and it probably gets closer to 60-40, and I'm hoping it stays 60-40 as the season goes along because that means they're both doing their jobs. Right. Perfectly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, my hope yeah. and my prayer, honestly, is somebody else slacks up in the DH spot or something like that, and we have to have that wonderful conversation of, okay, well, we have two good hitting catchers. Can Kirk yeah. just DH? <laughs> that, that's not crazy, too. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I'm sure Kirk will get some at-bats at DH, uh, especially with three catchers on the 40-man roster. Um, right? Or Sorry, five catchers on the 40-man yeah. roster right now. Um, depending on how it shakes up, there could be a trade. I mean, I'm not throwing Reese McGuire yet in terms of not having a 40-man roster spot and maybe breaking camp with a team with 26 men. Uh, on the roster instead of 25. Uh, but maybe you see three catchers to start the season, depending on how it all shakes up with any trades. Um, regardless, it's going to be interesting to watch Kirk this spring because um, I could see an equal case for him going down to the minor leagues if he doesn't tear the cover off the ball. Um, and they may just say, okay, you need a little bit more time. You flash a little bit in your nine games. And it's just we feel some stuff you got to improve on and work on in Buffalo. But the bat's major league ready. That's clear. So the third story that I wanted to cover and we have in the agenda is it, this one was written by Shai Davidi. I do remember that just over the weekend as well. And this is kind of in line with what we've been saying over the last probably two weeks. Um, as Taiwan Walker's market didn't really develop and we finally saw him sign with the New York Mets last week, a uh, two-year deal worth $20 million. Pretty good for the Mets, I think. Uh, nice little chunk of change for Taiwan Walker. But clearly, guys, it shows that the Blue Jays are going to roll with what they have. Um, there is a story done up on Robbie Ray. There was also one in Trent Thornton I was thinking of bringing into the mix for this conversation, but we can save that for another. Uh, but the gist of the story written by Shai Davidi uh, was that with a simplified delivery, uh, the Blue Jays are hoping Robbie Ray can be more of a stabilizing force in the rotation. And I don't want to say that that is something that they should be banking on, but at the same time, I don't want to dismiss it. I did see... Even though Robbie Ray rock, walked a lot of guys with the Diamondbacks, he was still a pitcher who could put up a three F four, two and a half four season uh, with Arizona, rack up strikeouts. He will still walk guys and have an ERA maybe in the low fours, maybe high threes. Um, Craig, let's start with you on this one. We saw Robbie Ray, I think, in, at least in my mind, maybe in yours too, maybe out of yours as well, improve. When he got to Toronto, it wasn't hard to improve pitching with Arizona, but nonetheless, it was better than what he did with the Diamondbacks. So, Craig, 
He's going back to a way more simplified delivery. You could see it on their Instagram stories whenever he's throwing. It just looks much cleaner than it is. Much simpler. Does this are the Blue Jays putting all their eggs in the right basket by banking on Robbie Ray bouncing back with a simplified delivery, or uh, will they be rewarded with this gamble? So I'm going to take what you said and I'm going to twist it just a little bit. They're going to be rewarded, but they should put all those eggs in that basket. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So. I, the, the problem is by putting all the eggs in the basket, they're hoping that Robbie Ray is going to be the near Cy Young candidate that he was, what, three, four years ago at point with the Diamondbacks. And in that rotation, of course, even he still got, stood out with Zach Greinke in that yeah. rotation. So that's the kind of level of talent that he has. Obviously, we're a few years older in that whole equation now, but he has the potential to be right nasty. And that's why the walks – didn't hurt him in earlier in his career in those years where he was in that quote unquote best pitchers in baseball category for a little bit there, because he just had the downright disgustingly ridiculous fastball that he could get out of action with. It just, you know, it needed to be stepped back a little bit. He's at that point, obviously he's not throwing as ridiculously hard as he used to be. How do you get him over that hurdle to continue with the still good side has and still be a, a good contributor on this team? We saw what this happened, and I'm not saying he's going to be this, but this was the Justin Verlander story before he got to Houston. It looked like some of the stuff was going down a little bit. Is he going to stay healthy enough to keep pitching? And then he found whatever the heck that next thing was to simplify his delivery, and then, you know, he's still been in the Cy Young conversation ever since. I don't think Robbie Ray's got that high of a ceiling, but it just shows you what, what can actually happen with a good work, that work ethic. Like Robbie Ray has been, you know, built to be in all blue Jays media so far this spring. I think he has a chance to do everything that we saw him do last season when we did finally get him in Toronto. I think that what we actually saw as blue Jays fans in that second half, there was a legit starter that would normally be a four guy in 99% of rotations, which unfortunately is the unfortunate issue right now. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I do like the pairing that if you're going to have to put back-to-back -back lefties in the top of our other, you want them to be a little contrasting, and you're going to have Ryu who just is downright weird and kind of is smart and moves the ball around and fools major league pit hitters, right? Ray has the good fastball to be able to get by those guys, and you have that little bit of back and forth, and even being left-handed. We have a very left-handed rotation at the moment, guys, and it's kind of weird. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a major league rotation like this. I really cannot think of any at all because I, the only ones that pop into my mind is Alida or somebody was like that on a team with Randy Johnson that I didn't notice or right. <laughs> whatever it might be. But I think he's got every potential to be a crazy strikeout guy still, and I just hope that with this simplified, more free-moving um, delivery that he had, that he can – figure out that he doesn't have to throw the ball 900 miles an hour and mm. let the fielding do it behind him. Because I will tell you right now, he has a bajillion times better of a defense behind him this year. He will not have to do it all himself. And he needs to know that. Adam. Yeah. Especially now that the ball's not juiced. That might, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole problem. When did they make those yeah. new balls? <laughs> it's Robbie Ray's the guy ball right there. Fair yeah. share of home runs throughout his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that when when you're looking at it, it is a, a, a game and one that I'm slightly uncomfortable going in. But again, this at this point, there's no use bitching about the rotation. It is what it is. Um, I'm willing to to be proven that there's upside there that I 
can't see really unfolding for a full 162, and especially if we're going to rely on him to be the number two. Um, it's it's really tough, but you're right. There were improvements in his at, at least his his accuracy lack um, when he was with the Blue Jays, and it's somewhat encouraging. I just have to bank on that. Pete Walker knows what he's doing, and these small minor tweaks are going to make a world of difference. And all we need, we've said this last week, all we need out of you is six innings. That's all we need. Yeah. If we can get through six innings just slightly unscathed, then sure. And it, we're at the point where we have to just like trust it that we're just going to keep our head above water, at least till the trade deadline. Um, the upside here is that so far, and I know it's been less than a week um, as of this recording, but so far his his spring training outings and his how he's been looking has been positive people are saying that he's painting well um the control is there and he looks good right and no one's going to really come out and say that he looks terrible yeah. right so take that with a grain of salt whatever and it's it's not really against actual competition at best it's batting practice but um you just got to you got to go with it and you got to hope that this is going to turn into something that the blue jays can at least tread water with um, so again, if he's going to give us an average of six innings per start and he's only given up maybe two, three runs, fine. Like I'm very, very happy with that. Could we do better? Sure. But given how, you know, the the history of him, he's gone from someone that was heavily touted to someone that completely fell off a cliff. If he can sort of turn that around and give that, sure, that's fine. I want to read an, uh, a season of Robbie Ray's career for you guys and we can debate if he can match that, beat it, or ends up worse than this. Because this is personally where I can see him maybe being at his ceiling. 12-8 um, and eight record. And this is very surface-level stats for anybody listening. 12-8 and eight record, over 33 starts, 174 and a third innings, a 4-3-4 ERA, a 2.4 F4. And keep in mind, in 174 and 235 strikeouts. Uh, Adam, does he meet it? Does he surpass it? Or does he come short of reaching that season? Hmm. I think it's optimistic to say that he. <laughs> <laughs> um, the wins total, say, I think, sounds about right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and how many games you said? 30? 33. I'll take it. I'll take it. If anything, slightly lower. I think that we're in the, the mix for. I'll take it. Craig? Yeah. Um, I think you nailed the wins thing right on on point. And um, how many walks did he have on that? Just out of curiosity, because you yeah. said two hundred thirty something strikeouts. Yeah, hold on, let me find it. Uh, it was Fox. What? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Not that terrible. Fine. But... I was expecting. Um, I felt like most of his seasons, he was kind of right around that hundred. That's a good, you know, actually under it. I would have figured he was a ninety, one hundred and ten guy for a season for the walks. No, it's better than that. No, yeah, that eighty-four, yeah. So that was two thousand nineteen. Yes, that was the season. I will tell you this one tidbit though, and I think Adam kind of a little bit though. If we're only going to be getting guys through six innings, that ERA could be closer to four rather than four point three. Yeah, yeah, I think especially so. with the defense. Yeah. What year was that in Arizona? Now that you're, uh, you know, intriguing me. Wonder who was playing behind him. 
2019. 2019. Yeah. Okay. Arizona was kind of decimated that year too for defense. So yeah. It's kind of that's not about right. Um, another. Where was I going? Another fun thing about this whole thing on that bullpen piece. You guys see them just stack in the bullpen with like a couple of or maybe even three guys that are like two inning guys. Yep. Oh yeah. I think we have that all written in spades, and uh, we have a few people on the Twitter feed right now saying, "What about you know just having Hatch Merriweather and just bring SWR for a couple innings and come on." Go. <laughs> I'm for it. Game on. Yeah. 2019, uh, I would be thrilled if he matches that, to be honest. Especially the 235 strikeouts in 174 in the third innings. That's pretty unheard of. Um, in his Cy Young season, he struck out 218 in 162 innings uh, with a 289 ERA. I don't think he comes close to that. But if Where did he, he finish in... that year in the Cy Young? Was it three? Seventh. Ooh, seventh. Yeah, I thought, there, was, seven, yeah, there. I thought it was a little higher than that. Uh, yeah, look, there's some intrigue there. I'm hoping that the simplified delivery gets them back to closer to 2019. The walks are going to be there. The home runs are going to be there. Maybe they go down a little bit now that they're dejuicing the balls a little bit. Uh, hopefully, because run totals haven't been too friendly uh, over the last few years. You know what's crazy, guys, is I know we said 84 walks in 174 and third innings. In 51 and two-thirds this past year, anybody have any guesses without looking how many walks he had? I'm trying not to look. <laughs> so let me just turn my head this way. I don't know. Uh, how many How many games? 51 and two-thirds innings. 51 and two-thirds innings. I don't know. Uh, Wait, 14? 15? I don't know. More than that? I don't know. How many? 45. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he almost had a walk per inning. (laughs) With Toronto? No, no, this is his whole season last year. Oh, oh, I was thinking just with Toronto. Sorry. Well, if I break it down into partials, uh, in 20 thirds, he walked 14. So it was better. Um, And that's actually way better considering that in 31 innings with Arizona, he walked 31. So a a batter an inning that he uh, he walked. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. They are banking a lot on Robbie Ray getting back to 2019 form or, or even, I, I don't know, 2018 form. I know he was injured at parts that season, but at least it was better than what he gave this past season. So, yeah, I mean, Trent Thornton is another guy that we can talk about in future episodes, but there was another article him about that. Now that he's healthy, he's firmly in the rotation mix, and that's a guy I completely forgot about. So if somebody goes out and just completely annihilates or gets injured trent thornton's probably the next guy up for a rotation spot but we'll save that for as spring training goes along uh any final thoughts on Ray, guys yeah yeah (laughs) anybody anybody's better than roark but hey hey just like the same thing we just said about robbie ray with the d juice balls maybe the d juice balls helps tanner roark you never know (laughs) try to be optimistic here imagine that was his whole problem he comes like back to like what he was with the Oof. that would be uh that'd be a miracle to say the least <laughs> agreed well guys there's one more major topic before we wrap things up with a few more minor things and this really was drawing the ire of blue jays fans over the weekend um it was surfacing that sportsnet is not going to be airing or producing any of their own games throughout spring this entire spring training you will not hear buck martinez dan shulman Pat Tabler, Hazel May, any of those guys. Um, any Blue Jays games that you can watch, 
during spring will be simulcasted through the yes network so more michael k hooray for you guys uh, <laughs> oh sorry i didn't uh, mean to tell you how i really felt <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um more phillies broadcast probably pittsburgh i remember learning uh before everything shut down they showed pirates broadcasts so that's going to be the only way you can watch the blue jays this year is through other teams broadcasts so sportsnet will air it but it's not going to be them um, Adam, let's start with you on this one. When you heard that news, what were your initial thoughts? Was that something that made you angry? Was it something that you were like, like why? Or was it just like, eh, I guess it makes sense considering you got to bring a whole bunch of people down from Canada to Florida to produce these games. Um, and that just isn't something Sportsnet wants to do with the, with, uh, with the pandemic. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Sportsnet not producing their own games for spring training? Mm, I'm a little sympathetic because of the pandemic. Um, I, obviously you have to weigh out the risks, um, the travel involved. I don't know if they have any sort of equipment or anything stationed available to them outside of the border, like on, on my side of the border. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they did just, you know, store it away. But, um, in terms of television, that's not unlike the Blue Jays to have the other teams broadcast Mm -hmm. or for the other teams broadcast being the only one available. That's not really anything new. Um, what is new is that there's going to be no sports nights game. So like, right. in, on the one hand, I'm thinking that's kind of you have so much hype when it comes to this season that you're doing a disservice in terms of sort of like a theatrical trailer to the season. You want that. But on the other hand, it's just spring training. Um, what bothers me more is that is it radio broadcast. I was just thinking that I that's do not know. know if there is no radio broadcast. That's a shame. Because yes. nothing says the start of spring like listening to a ball game. I love doing it, especially like if I'm if I'm outside doing yard work or something, just having it in my ears, even if there are games that don't count, I love it. I just love hearing it. So if we don't have a radio broadcast, um I'm gonna be thoroughly disappointed. The TV thing I can uh, look it, it, outside of a pandemic, I barely got to watch spring training games because I was at the office and stuff. Now it might be a little bit more convenient, but I don't. I, I really don't care about the the TV part. The and I, but I understand Blue Jays fans being disappointed because of the hype. But the radio broadcast, they find to make that happen, even if it's just remote from where they are, and just have a broadcast. They have to do it. Agreed. The remote part's the thing I don't understand. They can get the feed from whatever ballpark they're in. Yeah. And yeah. what Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez were doing all year last year. What They were doing that for away games and stuff last year, yep. too, right? Yeah. I just don't understand how the world, one of the world's biggest media companies is literally fucking up media. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only yeah. thing I don't understand. And then... Like I said, I, the worst thing I'm missing out on this is they have Blue Jays broadcasters that are in Florida already. They're just not the major league guys. Let the, the voice of the Deneen Blue Jays, Jim Tarabokio, do it. He he calls yeah, great yeah. ball games. You saw last few years, he's done a few of the, with the you know radio crew with Ben Wagner and whatnot. And same thing with how we got to hear our other friends like Jesse Goldberg, Strassler, and some of the other guys going back and forth down there and just having a good time. You know, they're right there anyway. Or fuck, put me on a damn plane and tell them what's going on for the next, you know, nine innings. <laughs> done a couple games myself at rookie level, level Bluefield. <laughs> so I just don't understand it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It just screams lazy, what it seems to me. 
but like I said, I can only get so hurt, but I, you know, when I can only watch it on the damn Yankee feed anyway here in New York. <laughs> so it is what it is, but I can see why Blue Jays fans are up in arms because it just kind of, like I said, it's like, okay, you told us that we're all, you're all in on this whole, we saw that they threw a bunch of money at George Springer and they can't flip the bill for the freaking cameras in the ballpark to watch the game. <laughs> yeah. The TV thing doesn't bother me. I'll be completely honest about that, especially because growing up, hardly ever showed Blue Jays games in spring training, uh, whether it was Sportsnet or even back in the day when CBC uh, showed regular season games, whoever it was. Um, they didn't show a whole lot of spring training. So I grew up being like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pay attention to the score and look at the box scores, but I'm never going to watch a game, maybe the odd one. Uh, but this shouldn't be too much of a surprise to Blue Jays fans about the TV side of things, because I just read an article in the Toronto Sun by Rob Longley. Um, and last year, Sportsnet was only going to produce two of their own spring training games. Both yeah. got wiped because uh, of the pandemic when spring training was like, all right, we can't continue. Um, there was only two games, and they were simulcasting. Um, like I said, they did the Pirates broadcasts a few times last year before the pandemic shut everything down. Um, they did the Phillies broadcasts. So um, it's not a surprise on the TV side of things. I cannot find an answer searching through Twitter right now for radio because they did do radio broadcasts for every game last year. It was Ben Wagner, um, Mike Wilner, who I know is no longer part of that team. Um, congrats on his role at the Toronto star, by the way. Uh, but yeah, they did radio feeds, uh, the last year and a bit. So I'm hoping that that remains a thing, but I cannot find an answer on that. So if there is no radio, then I would be completely up in arms as a fan because when I'm sitting here in between calls for work or put on the game Hell and yeah. listen to it and, and just listen to the audio, it's no different than listening to a podcast throughout the course of the day or listening to an album uh, when you're not on work calls or if maybe you have a job where you don't have to take calls. Of course you want to listen. So <laughs> it will be interesting. Um, I don't, it, as I said, to wrap up that topic, I don't think fans should be totally up in arms about the lack of TV because that was starting to be a thing the last few years, especially last year. But Potential lack of radio is pretty bad, and that's did pretty you, bad that's doing that. Before we hop off, did you see Shapiro did his best to not throw them under the bus, but sort of threw them under the bus yes. that being Sportsnet? Yes. Crazy. It, it, if you read between the lines, he basically said, it's not our fault. It's not the Blue Jays. It's them. But they have their reasons. They're good reasons. Like, okay, buddy. Yeah, you Real definitely are really upset. miss out on ad revenue for airtime yes, for right? no reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that really slaps you. It's like, really? You had a chance to make money, and you just decided to skip over. <laughs> yeah. Don't need that. Yeah. Especially, especially now that there's no Montreal game. Right. I I think in that same article, Brennan, that you were referencing is they pinpointed that the last week of spring training, there's a couple of night games. Right. right? And if you're not going to do the Montreal thing, which I totally understand, I'm not knocking, but at least toss up a couple of night games. Like you can we have the technology. You can rob the fee or pay some sort of yeah. a joint fee to broad. They do it all the time, don't they? Don't they? Yeah. Doesn't Sportsnet have like an ESPN for Well, that's TSN, yep. but you know what I'm saying? They they get. Yep pull a feed and put it on totally. Sportsnet. You can do that if you pay a little bit or split the cost. Or I don't know how it works. But if you're going to rob this this fan base of night games and spring trading heading into yeah. the to the regular season, that service. But I, I'm with you. Radio broadcast. There's, you can broadcast a game from Toronto. Yes. And But the thing is, they have to be able to see it. And if yeah. there's no camera crew there, they can't broadcast the game. But with the other team's camera crew is there. <laughs> yeah. Not for all of them, though. What we know for sure is that the Phillies and the, the Yankees are. 
I don't know about the Orioles, the uh, the Pirates, or the um, I don't right. know Tigers. So can I is point it? Yeah. This tidbit out. Yeah, We're yeah. Having the first Toronto Blue Jays games for the month of April in this fucking ballpark. Yeah. Why are you not using these as test runs? Yeah. Right. <laughs> The, the Dunedin Blue Jays have notoriously not been a minor TV participant when, on the, the minor league uh, .tv thing. Mm-hmm. But the Lansing Lugnuts were doing it the last year we had minor league baseball. The Bisons, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, the Dunedin Blue Jays were the one main staple of Toronto Blue Jays minor leaguedom that was not casting stuff. And a lot of that was what we ended up finding out was because they were going through renovations. You're telling me they didn't think about throwing a little bit of a camera budget in on that giant bajillion dollar freaking complex redo they did? Good it call. seems a little lacking at this point. It's like, oh, you know what? We're just going to see. We won't turn them on until it is game day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally fair. Uh, but be sure, Blue Jays fans, Sunday it is going to be broadcasted. Sportsnet will simulcast the Yankees game. On Sunday, so if you want to get your first look at George Springer, I'm assuming the lineup. You want to get your first look at whoever's starting for the Blue Jays that day. It'll be interesting to see who they lead off with uh, in the rotation. That game is on at one o'clock. Um, and just it, just another few things on the spring schedule. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty optimistic that they're going to be able to pull off spring training with minimal wins, just because the teams they're playing they don't play anybody other than the Tigers, the Phillies, the Yankees, and the Pirates and the Orioles. So five Orioles, other teams. Yeah. So those are the five closest teams to the Blue Jays in Dunedin. Uh, Phillies, just 20 minutes. The Yankees are just half an hour down the road or maybe 40 minutes in downtown Tampa. Actually, I've done that drove trip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's not too bad. You just hop on the highway and bang, there you are. (laughs) Exactly. So no long bus trips. I'm I'm assuming maybe the players drive on their own or they all get on a bus. They're not going very far. They travel the day of the game. There's no split squad. Um, So not multiple teams mingling with multiple different players on different teams. So it looks good. And then the only other thing I'll say on that, guys, is – Adam, to your point about robbing us of night games, for the first time in I don't know how long, um, there's actually some night spring training home games for the Blue Jays this year. Yeah. They never did that before because Dunedin's lights weren't good enough, but now they have quite a few uh, as spring goes along. You're telling me that Sportsnet, you can't get your shit together to go down for that last week of spring <laughs> training and Friday night Tigers game or that Thursday or Friday night games as, as spring's winding down. That's when you want to capitalize on the excitement, right? Like, right, you know, right, need right. to can this up into an ad and a campaign on how we could get Blue Jays fans just to like have them send feed and we'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just down with that. Come on, Brandon, do that. Let's we do got it. Blue Jay Nation covered here. <laughs> That's true. Right, we will Brandon. try to be covered. Yeah, yo, peep the times too. Peep those times at the at the night games. Six thirty seven. Let's go. <laughs> Christmas wish for list is full force. Isn't that two? That's two now for our Christmas wish list. Six thirty seven. That's right. That's right. It's beautiful thing. Games games ending at nine o'clock. That's awesome. No more nine thirty, ten o'clock games. It goes really long. My day uh, nine evening drinking. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, guys, any other storylines that you want to cover? Maybe you saw an article that was posted by a Sportsnet beat writer that we haven't touched on. Um, or I'll, tr- I'll ask you this other question at the same time. Um, now that everybody's together, all is working out, you're seeing pictures, you're seeing Instagram stories daily. Um, has there been something that's gotten you really, really excited from anything you've saw on social or maybe another article that was posted that we didn't cover? Yeah. Austin Martin looks a lot like Bo Bichette. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. Like a lot. Like it's would... almost like clone. <laughs> uh, yes. I saw him and I saw a picture of some dude in a face mask 
pointing his bat and they're like picture day i'm like oh that's bo and then i see his first picture day i'm like this isn't Bo's first picture i'm like oh fuck it's austin martin he looks just <laughs> like bo he's got the, the flow going yeah. um but in all seriousness I, I i love seeing this team right now um i will point out that vladdy does look slimmer but i just don't want anyone to think like you know he didn't lose a lot of weight no he did he's just a thick boy that's just how he is yeah. but he he definitely cut he said he cut 42 pounds if he's determined, and I don't know if you guys caught this, the Blue Jays straight up said, we want you to be a gold glove first baseman. That's that's and this yeah. year. So if he's if his footwork has improved, his lateral quickness has improved, his strength and conditioning has improved, and his training has improved, I give my hats off to him because, look, I this is not weight shaming. I'm not fat shaming. And I know the difficulties of working out. I, I know it's a pain in the ass. I give him mad props for putting that much dedication and work into his game and his physique in the offseason. And if he's going to deliver, then, uh, as I've said, he's earned it. He's earned that. It's tough to Vladdy. I, I love what I'm seeing. Totally. So that Craig? was where I was going to just go. You know, give you my man crush Monday thing for yeah, there you go. your terminology, Adam. But as far as it goes, um, Vladdy, I, I think this is the year my nickname might for Vlad actually might stick. I've been calling him Vladdy Vicious since I've seen him play minor league baseball. <laughs> and I think that might actually fit this year because he went from, you know, we, we all saw what he looked like, but he's full beast mode now. That's just all yeah, it yeah. is. And I really think that he's just going to be, you know, like I said, vicious this season. That could, it's already, you know, the con- just looking at him on those pictures, it just exudes confidence. Like, I did this. I'm ready to go. When does it start? Is kind of what it almost reads because he's just, even the little ground ball videos that I've been seeing him taking, this seems like he's a million times more what we were seeing before, where he was just kind of, oh, yeah, I'm here. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he is, and it's, and that kind of thing I think helps translate to the whole club too because, you know, it, when having fun, everybody else is having fun. And that was how yes. minor league baseball was for, for Vlad. If he is back to that point, Bo is going to com- completely pull off of that, and so is Biggio. And if those three are doing what they were doing in minor league baseball in New Hampshire, in the company, they had a chance to be on three championship teams in a row together. And the only reason that really happened is because they all got kind of skipped around by the time they got to the AAA level. So... It, we could be just, oh, well, you're delayed on it. But, yep, there we go. Run with it. Their offense together and that pact with them will carry this team. So that's my excitement. Completely agree. agreed. Yeah. No, totally. And and both of those uh, get gets my blood boiling. It gets, it gets me juiced. I can't wait Sunday, turn on a game, watch a few innings. Um, it's supposed to be nice in Toronto and the GTA uh, this weekend. So whether you're watching the game, going for a walk, baseball's in the air. Um, my excitement that maybe we can talk on next week after we see a few games is Arden Zwelling put out a piece this morning. Um, and the quote I'm about to read says, going into camp, I plan to make a statement. I plan on breaking with the Blue Jays this year. And that quote is from Simeon Woods Richardson. Uh, a guy <laughs> asked WR, and I'm looking at some of the replies to this article that uh, Arden wrote. People are like, fantastic article. It's extremely exciting. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it uh, as soon as we're done this pod uh, and this episode. Uh, but you never know. I think he could be the this year's version of Nate Pearson where you're like, can he just break with the team? I feel he's really going to shove this spring training. And it'll be fun. So I hope we get to talk a lot about SWR as spring goes along. So I guess I'm going to bring this in now because normally, sure. you know, Twitter fun 
feedback sure. and whatnot. But the one question that actually has come up, and it's from J.N. Uh, Cochran on uh, our Twitter feed, asking bluntly, who could Dark Horse Canada actually make this roster? That would be blatantly Dark Horse right there because he's not even on technically on yeah. the radar there with uh, Simeon's Wood Richardson, who is a guy they've been saying that's going to do nothing but develop. But right. as far as things go, fellas, who has a good chance to be that guy that actually breaks opening day with Otter? Hmm. I got to think about that one. Uh, the obvious one's Kirk. Yeah, but is yeah. that Dark Horse, though? I don't think so because he kind of had yeah. the shoe win. To me, it'll so be a I'm bullpen thinking. piece or somebody that sneaks into the rotation. Everywhere else are is kind of mashed up. Are we thinking K is going to be in AAA? Yeah, I think so. Is it a dark horse to say he breaks with the bullpen? I don't know that that's much of a dark horse because he... I don't know. He's it done it. You know, mm. honestly, I, my dark horse candidate was going to be Tim Meza comes back to form. Yeah, the, he's been getting hype. He if really he's has. actually healthy. We saw some f- good flashes of him before, you know, the injury. And then the unfortunateness happened. And um, the guy's got to, you know, <laughs> it's just how it is. So if he's figured out how to get that back and can bit, get back to doing some uh, decent off-speed p- pitches like he had beforehand, that's a very good tandem of having another guy like him as a lefty in that bullpen. Yeah. I, Go ahead. Uh, K, pick K fits that form, too. <laughs> yeah. I... Dark horse. It's One tough because... Was but I, I have a lot of hype for Hatch. I think yeah. Hatch is good. I, I, I think he's guaranteed a spot, at least in, in the bullpen. Um, maybe Davis, if he shows enough. And I, I know outfield's kind of clogged right now, but if he, Finn Graychuk is on the move for something, I'd like, to, I'd like to see him, but I think he's just better suited in AAA. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have one. I, I know that's a shitty answer. <laughs> But um, <laughs> at least you're being uh, honest about it. No, yeah. that's, that's fair. I think SWR is the best dark horse candidate. Um, just because everyone else is getting hyped, like you mentioned, Maze is already getting hype. Uh, Hatch is getting hype. Kirk's getting hype. Trent Outside Thor of that, us, uh, yeah, back for the rotation and yeah, that like maybe Espinal if it, it, maybe if he's gonna make the the big league roster again, he might be someone better suited in AAA this year. Um, given the depth, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a good answer. I know it's yeah. shitty. <laughs> it, it, it's tough because um, it's pretty clear who's team, and it's pretty clear who's not going to make the team. There's very few that are kind of on the bubble. Um, and even with an incredible spring, I don't think SWR or Jordan Groshans make it. Yeah. The one that would – maybe this is more of a joke, but at the same time I could see it happening. Um, in terms of non-roster invitees, Frankie Liriano as a lefty out of the bullpen? Hmm. If we're talking Mesa and he's just not ready, they sign Liriano for a reason, and I don't think it's to be a starter or to provide depth in the rotation. I think he could be a long man out of the bullpen, or maybe even a swing guy if you absolutely need him to be. It's an insurance policy, just like Panic. Yeah, yeah, he kind yeah. of asked me last year signing a Joe Panic. I got one. There, let's let's hear it. Luciano or Elvis Luciano, because um, he was he was the Rule Five guy, right, in 2019, yeah. and they yeah. kept him all year. Right. Like and so he had ERA. he had the time. Yeah. Right. And apparently he's been coming back now with a vengeance. I, yes. There was a small blip about him. Um, stick him in the bullpen. He has the he already has the experience. He, he's on the 40 man already. Yep. He yeah. backed his way through back with blips. Man. 
Yeah, and he was a kid. Wasn't he like 19? Yeah. That's a very good one as far as kids go. Yeah, let him in. Let him in. Let him play. Wasn't he the first player in baseball to play was born after? (laughs) Yes. I'm pretty sure he was. Wow. That's true. He yeah. has experience. He has more experience than Alejandro Kirk. That's right? true. <laughs> in the a lot of guys on the roster, actually, now that you think yeah. about it. It's is he crazy. younger than Kirk? Hold on, let me look. Is he be. younger than Alejandro Kirk? Yeah, he's no, no. Kirk. Yeah, he's, he's younger than Kirk. Right? And he has more experience than Alejandro Kirk. He was he's the very cool five guy that was actually eligible because of how long he was in the royal system. They yeah. had yes. him when he was like 16 or something on a international signing bonus or something like that. So he's a part of the Royals organization. Oh, yeah, by the way, no, no. Who's going to take this kid? He's 18 years old. You know, oh, Blue Jays, yoink. <laughs> he, fun fact, he is the he's the youngest guy on the 40-man roster by one day. He was born on February 15th, so his birthday just passed 2000. And... Bruno, who's also on the 40-man, was born February 14th, 2000. So Luciano is the youngest on the 40-man. Mourinho was the same same thing for the Rule 5 draft. He would have been one of the rarest ones like that same thing because he's been in the Blue Jays organ so long, but they decided right. to him on the 40-man roster rather than leaving him exposed, probably because they were figuring the Royals were going to get it back. Somebody would have yeah, somebody would have taken <laughs> yes. him. I think Dude, somebody would have taken him. They so. battled with Luciano, and it was clear you are not going anywhere. This is no season. We're throwing you out there. We're throwing you the wolves. The dude nine days ago, to your point, Brent, is can just legally drink now in the United <laughs> States. Let him play. He's a man now, okay? Yes. He is no longer a boy. He's a man. Let him play. That's more. Book it. Noted. I like that a lot, actually. And there's been a lot of good reviews on him so far in spring. And he's painting the corners with his slider. And hey, there was some glimpses of it when he was a 19-year-old. There were a few really impressive yeah. innings Luciano threw as a 19-year-old with it's got, no bigs. It's got to translate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Craig, any other fan questions before we wrap it up? Um, a lot of them fall down in the same conversation we had. But if it came down to uh, Luciano versus Cole versus Luria. Who are you coming to pick out of that group? So, Elvis Luciano, yep. AJ Cole, and then Francisco Liriano. Liriano would probably get the first shot, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> would say Cole him for last year, actually being better than I thought he was going to be. If it if you're asking me to pick between those three, you keep Cole, you let go of Frankie, and you send Luciano down to the minors. Yeah, I like that. Sure. Kind of like how you went and hold Mary Fuck Kill on that whole thing. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I forgot what one of the ones were, so I didn't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, Francisco is definitely the most expendable, right? But yeah. if you want to give him a shot, because he's proven it in the rot- proven it in the rotation, if you want to give him a chance, but, um, he's the most expendable. I don't care what they do with him, whatever. Yeah, same. I and I think Cole deserves a little bit of something, maybe a little bit of a leg up from what he did last year, and he pitched pretty well. Uh, in the playoffs, the two games that he got in there. And it was, was the triple to Rosarena yeah. that scored a run. But well, other every, than that, he Rosarena hit everybody. So <laughs> Yeah, true. So, AJ Cole, you're forgiven. <laughs> well, guys, if that's it, any final thoughts? Uh, if that's it, we can end it with uh, two claps and a Ric Flair. I'm and, good. Yes, I'm good. Guys, All right, ready? Go. Woo! Let's go, Blue Jays. Go Blue Jays. Spring game starting so- Sunday. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.